0: Let me begin by saying Happy Father's Day. I want to wish all of you a wonderful day, and I hope that your family makes it as special for you as you are. And and I want to say welcome back to Craig and Josh. Uh, So thankful that they have made it back safe from Zimbabwe. As Josh mentioned a a moment ago, man, listen, mark your calendars for next Sunday evening on the 26th because Josh and Craig are going to be giving us a report on the trip you're going to want to be here uh, to hear that. I had the opportunity to pick Josh up from the airport in Atlanta. And, and since I've made that flight myself in the past, I know what a long flight from uh, Africa that that is. It's a very tiring flight. And so in my mind, knowing I'm picking him up early in the morning, I thought he'll probably sleep the whole way home because that's basically what I think I did. And so when I, I picked him up, I was so excited. I gave him a big hug. And we got in the car. I said, listen, you can do one of two things. You can go to sleep and I'll leave you alone. Or you can tell me all about your trip because I'd love to hear. He didn't hush till I pulled in his driveway. (laughs) I mean, he told me all about all the good things that God was doing there in Zimbabwe from from the Atlanta airport all the way to Rainbow City. So you're going to want to be here to be a part of that next Sunday night, to be a part of, of knowing the good that God continues to do and the work that just continues to flourish uh, through hands like Malapi Melinghini and so many others there who have just been faithful servants of God for, for so very long. So we're looking forward to that report next Sunday evening. Um, did a little bit of quick research. Did you know Mother's Day, and I said the right one there, Mother's Day became an official holiday in 1914. Any guesses when Father's Day became an official holiday? I'm hearing some people say the 60s. It was 1972. (laughs) 1972, before us, poor dads finally got a little bit of love. Before somebody finally stepped up and said, you know, I mean, moms do a lot. But they wouldn't be a mom without a dad. Just saying. Alright? Dads are pretty important too. Maybe we need to take some time to, to celebrate them as well. And believe it or not, even preaching on Father's Day, it's a little more challenging than preaching on Mother's Day. Uh, and, and I found I used to find it much more challenging before I became a dad. That, that made it even tougher for me to... to Come up with stuff to say on Father's Day? <sighs> Craig's dad, our, our late brother, Polk King, he got on me one Father's Day. It was after a, a sermon. He says, Boy, I want to know why you're always so nice to those mamas, but you're not to us. <laughs> And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I'll try to do better. <laughs> and then I became a dad, and I, I began to understand this. But There's a lot that goes into being a, not just a good dad, but a but a godly dad. So so why why is there such a a different outlook? Why why is so much more even money? Man, if you do some quick research, it's staggering how much more money is spent, even on Mother's Day, than even on Father's Day. Why? So, I wish I could say, well, because moms are more materialistic. But that's not the reason. <laughs> no. I think part of the reason is because we live in a world, including many of us, we have a lot of daddy issues. You see... <laughs> If you have, some of y'all don't get this, you know, ask somebody else to explain it later. Uh, If you have, or if you had a godly father, then you should count yourself very blessed. And if he is still with you, you should go out of your way to let him know how much you appreciate and thank him. And the reason I say that is because just looking at statistics, If you have or have had a good, godly father in your life, you're among the minority. The majority of our culture, the majority of our culture didn't have fathers who were present, fathers who were in the home, fathers who were good, fathers who were godly. So if you have had that, you have very much to rejoice about. And you have a lot to give thanks for, not only today, but every day. Because again, our culture is filled with people and many of us who who have daddy issues. Maybe you didn't have a dad in the home. Maybe your parents divorced. For whatever the reason, they they separated and you grew up without a, a dad at home. Maybe your dad was at home, but... He certainly wasn't godly, and most of the time he wasn't even that good. Maybe he was pretty abusive. Maybe, maybe there were times you frankly wish he was nowhere around because it seemed even more hurtful and harmful, him being present, than if he were gone. You see, those kind of circumstances, they, they leave us with a lot of daddy issues. And, and the problem with those kind of daddy issues, are those kind of daddy issues as children, turn into trust issues as adults. And the, and the big problem that I see with those kind of daddy issues is, is at a very young age, at a very young age, we just don't learn to trust the way that we need to. And that carries over, not only into other relationships in this life, It carries over into the most important relationship in this life. And so suddenly, because we have daddy issues, we have God issues. Because even when it comes to our Heavenly Father, we really don't know how to trust Him sometimes. Because we didn't have an earthly father that we felt we could trust or we could count on at all. They're not there. They're they're absent. Or they're present, but they're still not with you. You know, a lot of dads have have had this experience. You know, where you you teach your child to swim. Again, a lot of trust is built in that moment where you're encouraging your child to to jump off. And your your kid is is standing there having to process several pretty deep things. Is he really going to catch me? Is he going to swim away? Is he going to just let me go underwater? What do I do if when I jump, he's not there? And in those moments, even in a small child is, is starting to wrestle with trust. And, and so in that moment, when that child finally gets enough energy and enough courage, and they jump, and we go, oops! <laughs> may not be as funny as we think. Because deep down, those kind of trust issues, they start to form. And if there really isn't anybody there to catch us, if there's really not someone there in our life that we feel we can turn to and count on, then yeah, a lot of trust issues begin to develop at a very young age that lead to God issues as we grow up and our spiritual life begins to develop. So so what's the solution? Like always, the solution is always found in Jesus. And so what I want us to do is I want us to look to Jesus and I want us to look at the relationship that that He had with His heavenly Father. And through that relationship, man, we can learn so much about fatherhood in this life. And the first thing that we're going to see today is that Jesus had had a great communication relationship with His dad. Jesus spent a lot of time one-on-one speaking to God the Father. Luke 5.16 says, He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. That's what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation between us and God. In, in the most simplistic way of explaining prayer, that's what it is. That's the example that Jesus set for us. Jesus knew that speaking, that having conversations with his dad, was a very important thing for him to do. And that, that, that communication had to be open and it had to be honest. And, and, and he needed to be able to, to share whatever he was feeling. And he needed to be able to be as honest as he could possibly be. And he knew that his father would, would be there to catch him. He knew that he could trust in his dad Yeah, there were those moments in the life of Christ, like when he was baptized, where you hear, you actually hear an audible affirmation. You hear the voice of God. You hear Jesus' dad saying, That's my son. I am so pleased. I am so proud of him. And as far as we know as recorded in Scripture, the conversations here on earth, they seem to climax over in the Garden of Gethsemane, don't they? And you talk about a time when Jesus is pouring out his heart before his heavenly father. He was so overcome with with, with fear, with worry, with dread, so consumed. With the uncertainty, the pain, all that he knew that was ahead of him. They were told that that his sweat was like great drops of blood. He's like a kid on the edge of the pool. Very uncertain. Not sure. Not 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 sure if he's going to like what happens next. Not really looking forward to what's about to occur. But what he knows, as as honest and as, as emotionally honest and raw and transparent as he was in that moment, as he was praying, you remember his prayer, right? He was praying, Father, if it be Your will, remove this cup from me yet, not My will, but Yours be done." In that dread, in that uncertainty, He trusted enough to still jump. He trusted enough to know that He could still put one foot in front of the other knowing what was ahead of Him. And He knew that above all, no matter what He faced, He knew that His heavenly Father would see him through. He knew he could trust him above all others. Today I want to encourage us to, to look at, at fatherhood. I want us to look at fatherhood as, well, as God the Father is. A father. Now I mentioned before about this, this communication, the prayer life that Jesus had. Other people, by the way, other people had noticed this prayer life of Jesus. And they became very curious about it. And so because of their curiosity, they went to Jesus and they said, teach us. Teach us how to pray. Now think about what they're asking. I'll tell you what they're not asking. They're not asking... Uh, Jesus, do you bow your head? Do you close your eyes? Do you hold your hand up like this or like this? uh, What are are the mechanics of prayer? No. They're saying, Lord, teach us to speak to the Heavenly Father. Teach us to have a conversation with God the Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For this is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. In this short conversation, in this short conversation, we can learn so much about our Heavenly Father. And the first thing we see is that our Heavenly Father, He is present. Our Father who art in heaven. Now, Jewish children would oftentimes refer to their daddy as, as Abba. Abba meant here. Abba meant present. We have a heavenly Father. Yes, He's in the spiritual realm of heaven, but He is ever-present. Our Heavenly Father is always with us. Our Heavenly Father will never leave us. Our Heavenly Father will never forsake us. Our Heavenly Father, is never, He's never going to go out for milk and not come home, okay? Like, our Heavenly Father is always here, no matter the circumstances of life. Now, can we walk away from that Father? Oh, you better believe it, the same way that the prodigal son did. We can walk away but He's always where we left Him. And His doors and His arms are always open to our return. Our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father is always among us. He's present, but He's also pure. Hallowed be Thy name. He's holy. He's different. He's pure. He's perfect. Jesus said in Matthew 7, beginning in verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Or what? Or who is there among you? When a son shall ask for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he shall ask for a fish, he'll not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask i'm an earthly man i'm an earthly father i really like being a dad (laughs) being a dad is one of my favorite hats that i get to wear in this life and and as a dad you know what i give pretty good gifts to david Look, just it wasn't too long ago that uh, the two of us, just he and I, we went to Atlanta, we went to a Braves game, we spent the night at a hotel, went swimming. I mean, we just had a blast, just the two of us. And, and those are precious memories. Those are good gifts. But my gifts? <laughs> my gifts are nothing in comparison to the gifts of God. As, as, a, as an earthly Sinful man, I I may try my best to give to my child. But but there is no way that I can ever outgive God. Because God is again, He is the creator and the sustainer of life. He, he is the giver of all good things, as we'll see in a moment. I can never outgive him. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Our God is good and He is pure and He is also powerful. Thy kingdom come. You know what? If there's a kingdom, there's got to be a king. And if there's a king, then that means He's in charge. And if He's in charge, then you better believe if it's His will, He has the power to deliver you. Again, as a dad, you know one thing I hate? I hate when David's sick and I can't do anything about it. I always know that he is sick or getting sick whenever he gets still and quiet. <laughs> when, when those two things happen and he's still awake, I go, oh man, are you feeling okay? And all of us as parents, we, we, we know that feeling of, of wanting to make our kids just well. You know, we, we want to make them better right now. And I think especially as dads, we want to fix things and we want to fix things now. A lot of parents, a lot of parents have, have struggled with a lot more than just a, a physically sick child. There, there are so many parents who struggle with watching their children, oftentimes grown children make very unwise spiritual choices. They, they see their grown children trapped by the bonds of sin. And there's nothing that they themselves can do about it for their child. leaves a dad feeling kind of helpless. Because again, a dad is someone who wants to fix it and fix it now. <laughs> he, he wants things to be the way they know he knows he, they're supposed to be right now. And, and I think sometimes in those moments, maybe we as dads get a little bit impatient, <laughs> But but I think in those moments, it's just because we just want what's best. <laughs> There was a show called that once, Father Knows Best. We want what He knows best. It's just, well, our time is not always God's time. And I'm thankful to know that we have a God who is powerful enough that if it be His will, whether it's physical or spiritual, children can be healed. You and I, we have our limitations God does not. God is all-powerful. And for that, I am eternally thankful. God is also our provider. Again, going back to what Jesus said a moment ago in that prayer, He said, give us this day our daily bread. God will provide for us what we need. Didn't say want. That's not what the Scriptures teach us. He will provide us what we need. Need. Again, in the book of James, we read these words in James chapter 1 and verse 17 that every good and perfect gift is from above. God will provide for us all that we need in this life, all the, the physical and spiritual blessings that we have, they're from Him. Sometimes our thinking, we, we get trapped in the limitations, I think, of our own thinking, don't we? And, and when we point at things, maybe it's your job, maybe, maybe it's the clothes on your back, maybe it's your car, whatever it is in your life. If someone were to come up to you and say, hey, who gave you that? Our mind is oftentimes very limited in that we would say, so-and-so did. I got a Father's Day Atlanta Brave shirt today. If I wear it sometime, you say, Hey, Blake, who gave you that? I'm going to say, David gave me this shirt. But that's not entirely true. It's the beginning of the story, but it's not the end of the story. David gave me a shirt, God gave me David. God ultimately gave me the shirt. (laughs) All good things are from above. So, so we have to get our eyes to open a little bit wider to see beyond just the physicality of this earth and realize that the good things that we enjoy in this life, it's not just from somebody here. I think that's what keeps us trapped here sometimes in our minds. All good things are from above. A heavenly Father who truly knows how to provide for all of our needs. He also pardons. He forgives our debts according to the prayer that Jesus prayed. Maybe your dad, um, maybe he, he's kind of hateful. Maybe your dad was kind of mean. Uh, maybe maybe your dad was condescending. Maybe your dad was somebody who just, he wouldn't forgive man if he felt like somebody had wronged him he wrote him off and and he held grudges and you know you you just you couldn't win with your dad and so you knew you knew you never wanted to be on his bad side because if you ever got there there was really no getting off of it like he he would have nothing else to do with you i'm sorry if that's the way your dad was. Because that's not how our Heavenly Father is. Our Heavenly Father, He, he actually wants to forgive us. And that's something. When, when we mess up, when we sin, when we fall short, when we hurt Him with our actions or inactions that may miss His mark, He still wants to pardon us. He wants to forgive us. There is like no point here on earth where God takes the book with all of my mistakes in it and goes, Oh, Blake just hit his limit. I'm done. He he has crossed that point of no return with me. We do that sometimes. We shouldn't, but we do. God never does. God always wants to forgive. What did Jesus say? In John 3, 16 and 17, I know you know it very well. There Jesus said, For God, who's God? God is my heavenly Father and yours. For our heavenly Father so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God doesn't want to condemn. He is not in the condemning business. Now, will there be condemnation? Yeah. Yeah, for those who never come to Christ? For those who are outside of Christ? Yeah. But that is not what God wants. God so much wants to pardon us of our sins, to forgive us of our sins, to save us from ourselves. He sent His only Son... Because He knew that His only Son, what was the only sacrifice that would ever be worthy of cleansing us. I guess this goes without saying. I hope it does. I, I, I Man, I love you all very much. Um... I'm not even going to punch my son in the face for you. Let alone give his life. But my heavenly father did. My heavenly father gave the life of his only begotten son because he wants to forgive you. He wants to pardon you. He wants to save you. And I'm very thankful for that. He protects us. Jesus said in that prayer, do not lead us into temptation. Uh, When we face temptation, when we face trials, God wants to be our protector. He wants to continue to see us through those moments. Uh, Listen, our Heavenly Father can do some amazing things in our lives if we will let Him. He can even take the very things, the very temptations, the very sin struggles that we have, the things that Satan is trying to absolutely wreck us with, and destroy our lives. God can use those same things and He can strengthen us and He can be glorified even in our weaknesses if we will allow Him to do that. Because He wants to protect us. He wants to keep us safe. He wants to help us through whatever the storms of this life may be. And as He protects us and as He sees us through, man, those are the moments when the, that promise of God that I know you're very familiar with there in Romans 8.28, that's when you really see that coming to fruition in your life and you really begin to understand what this means. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So, dads, the challenge for you and I, the challenge for us, is to look to the characteristics. These are just a few, by the way, to look to the characteristics that our heavenly Father so perfectly exemplifies for us, and to look at Him, look at Him as a heavenly Father, and say, Now what? What can I do to be more like Him? We're never going to get there, by the way. (laughs) It's all part of the journey. The key is you continue on the journey (laughs) that you never stop advancing toward wanting to be more and more Christ-like, more and more like the Father. To do that, all you have to do is draw near to God. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Draw near to to God, he'll draw near to you. That's what we're promised in James. Man, what what a beautiful passage. But the problem sometimes is we don't really want to draw near to God. Like we know it's the right thing to say. And we know it'd be the right answer. But when we begin to understand what that means, There's things in our life that we we don't want to give up. There's things in our life we don't want to stop. Things in our life we don't want to repent of. And so whatever those struggles are, those keep us from drawing near to God. Nothing on God's end, by the way, nothing on God's end is keeping Him from drawing closer to us. It's stuff on our end. Not His. And, And if we'll draw near to Him, he'll draw near to us but it's our struggles isn't it it's our struggles that so often keep us from drawing near to it but but don't forget like we looked at just a few moments ago when jesus was in the garden he was struggling it wasn't that he was struggling with sin but he was struggling with circumstance and I think all of us from time to time, we struggle with circumstances that are out of our control. Decisions of, of other people sometimes that really battle. Maybe for you, maybe your struggle is uh, over the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's the, the death of a parent or even the separation of a parent. Maybe for you it's, it's a divorce. A divorce you went through, or a divorce that your parents went through. Maybe for you, it's it's a dream, a dream that you had at a, a very young age that just it never came to pass. Not like you really hoped and dreamed that it would. And you still struggle with that. You you still struggle with being able to to move forward. You see, there are just so many things. So many things that we struggle with. So many things that keep us from moving forward at times in our relationship with God. I don't know what it is for you. But you do. And God does. So today, here you are on the edge of the pool. Your toes are hanging over the side. You see the water and uh, you see your heavenly father and your heavenly father, not your earthly father. Your heavenly father has his loving, all-powerful, present, protective arms outstretched and he's just waiting for you to jump. He's waiting for you to trust in his goodness and to finally jump. Surrender your life. I don't know what's keeping you from it. But you do. And my hope today, before you leave here, is that you would jump into his arms. I don't know what that means for you, but I think you do. And if we can help you with that, won't you come? We stand and say.